Welcome to the Couples Healing Podcast, where you'll get the tools for him to overcome his addiction, for her to find healing from the pain that it causes her, and for you to heal your relationship and come back together. I hope that you enjoy and subscribe. Today I want to talk about forgiveness in a way that I hope really, really helps to give you some maybe new ways of looking at this, because I know that this is just such a difficult process, and I, I genuinely feel for so many people who are in this situation, who are struggling and have this burden of forgiveness, if the wife really carries this and struggles with it, if the husband then feels discouraged because no matter what he does, it still feels like the bridge between them is not narrowing at all, and they're not getting any closer together, and it feels like such a stumbling block, and as I've worked with hundreds of people over the course of my career, I've found some things that I've seen couples do that really, really help, and some other things that I've seen cause a lot of friction and really slow down the growth that they could be achieving. And so I wanted to share those things with you, give you a couple of examples, and some ways of looking at this that have helped me personally, but also helped other people that I've worked with, to achieve a sense of forgiveness without forcing it, without rushing it, and doing it in a way that's uncomfortable. That doesn't work, of course, and so I want to share with you something else that I hope will be helpful. So one thing that I want to start with is I remember listening to a woman share her perspective on forgiveness. And there was a conversation that took place between two women and one person said, it was in a small group setting, and one woman said, how do I forgive? I'm really struggling with this. My husband has caused so much damage by the actions that he's done, and I'm really having a hard time forgiving, but I want to. I don't want to stay in this place where I'm just feeling stuck. And one woman there's a couple of people said, well, this resource really helped me and check out this thing here and this blog. And they shared these things. And there was one woman who responded and said that it's counterproductive to try to forgive when you should have anger over broken agreements and boundary violations. He has to prove to you that he's a safe and a good man. And then you'll know that you can trust him. And so when I heard her say that, I, I can empathize with that. I totally get the, the anger. I totally get the resentment. And the lack of trust, if there's been deception and dishonesty and betrayal and hurt, naturally those are going to be those reactions. It's, it's fear, it's, it's anger, it's shock, it's grief. It's, a, it's the whole gamut of emotion that so many women experience when they find out that their husband's been struggling with this and has been hiding it. However, when I heard her say that, I just felt like there was some misunderstandings or ways in which that she was looking at this that I did not feel like were serving her. And so I want to share with you a couple of these ideas because I think this is such a, it can be a very misunderstood thing. And I'm not saying that I'm the, you know, the arbiter, the arbiter of what this is and what's true and what's not true. Everybody has their own experience. But in terms of like the work that I've done with people, I've seen that way of looking at things be a massive stumbling block not even to the relationship, but like if I were to like specifically speak to her and her growth and her peace, it's just a stumbling block that gets in the way. It's just a misunderstanding. And so inherent or embedded in her, in her response was the misunderstanding that trust and forgiveness are on the same spectrum when the reality is that those are not. Those are in completely distinct and separate categories you don't actually need to trust anybody in order to forgive. And so to clarify this a little bit, forgiveness is not, I want to share with you a few things of, in terms of forgiveness, what it's not. Forgiveness is not letting somebody off the hook. Forgiveness is not giving them a pass. 
And it's not telling them that what they did was okay. It's not you just kind of shrugging your shoulders and like, well, I've got to forgive, so I got to let this go. That's not at all what forgiveness is. There's a huge difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. Forgiveness, the way that I like to define this, is that it's the intentional release of anger and resentment that you're carrying. It has nothing to do with developing warm feelings for another person. It has nothing to do, I think sometimes people confuse forgiveness with reconciliation. It has nothing to do with another person. Reconciliation is totally different. It's the repair and the restoration of a relationship. It's a reuniting and a coming back together and amending an amending it's a it's a it's a mending that takes place between two people so reconciliation happens between two parties forgiveness is something that happens within just one party it happens within the person that's carrying the anger and resentment it has nothing to do with trust and so often unfortunately i see many women who carry this burden of pain and the anger understandably is there. I would, feel the t- I would feel the exact same way. And they carry this burden. And sometimes they think that they first need to trust in order to release it. When in reality, it does not happen between him and her. It happens within her. And so the effects of anger and resentment are extraordinary on a human being. So I found that you could quickly Google tons and tons of effects that anger has on a person. And so I wanted to just share a few of them. When somebody carries anger and there's an angry outburst that occurs, there's a doctor who teaches, he's a, an instructor at the clinic in the, in the section of clinical psychiatry in the Wake Forest University School of Medicine. So he's a medical doctor. He said that in the two hours after an angry outburst, outburst, the chance of having a heart attack doubles. And then he said that repressed anger, which is where you express it indirectly or you try to control it or, or, or suppress it, he says that it's associated with heart disease and that you're twice as likely to experience coronary disease than less angry peers. Rather, constructive anger, the kind where you speak up directly, and you express yourself directly to the person that you feel anger towards and deal with the frustration in a problem-solving manner is not associated with heart disease. Uh, Another couple of things here, he said that anger increases your risk of stroke. It decreases your immune system. There was a study done at Harvard where scientists took a group of healthy individuals and they had them recall an experience where they had felt anger And it caused a six-hour dip in the levels of an antibody that's used to fight infection. Just a few more here. Anger increases anxiety. It exacerbates symptoms of generalized anxiety disorder. It is linked to depression, especially in men. In depression, passive anger where you ruminate on but never take action on it, that's common. And that's a big part of what can contribute to a sense of depression in somebody. And again, hostility can hurt your lungs. If you're, if you're not a smoker, you can actually hurt your lungs by pre- being perpetually angry. Again, another study done out of Harvard surveyed 670 men, and they had them scale the levels of anger that they experienced, and it showed a correlation between the intensity of their anger, the duration of their anger, 
with their ability, their capacity of their lungs. It reduces their lung capacity and it increases their risk of respiratory problems. And last but not least, anger shortens your life. There's a stress study done related to anger and your general health, and it shows that you have a reduced lifespan when you feel anger, or rather when it's like when you're stuck in anger. So these things, again, there's so many more. I just wanted to share with you a handful of things that in hopes of really trying to inspire you to take some steps when it comes to forgiveness, doing it in a way that's not forced, but that can hopefully prompt you to take some steps to consider forgiving and releasing this because of the massive impact it has on our health, our mental well-being, our ability to enjoy life, our relationships. So many things suffer when we carry around resentment and anger. And so when I share this with people, sometimes I work with people who are in this place where they just feel so much anger. And when we spend some time unpacking this, because again, I totally get this. And my, I guess the way that I like to do therapy with people, it's so tactical in that I recognize that when somebody feels the way that they do, there's always a reason for it. There's never judgment or shame. It's a matter of me understanding it, meeting them there, and helping them work through it by giving them new tools. Instead of just beating them over the head about how you you should forgive and it's not good for your health, while that's important to recognize that it's not good for your health, that, that doesn't necessarily create the atmosphere of forgiveness. It can help open them up to the possibility of it, which I think is important. But really when people are struggling, the biggest needle mover, the biggest point of leverage is understanding where the breakdown is, where's the stuck place, and then helping them unravel that. And so I remember working with a couple who had been doing really good work. The husband had done great work in changing. There were still some things in the relationship that the wife was, she felt unsafe by. One of those things is that she still did not feel like he was opening up to her and letting her in on the work that he was doing individually. And even more importantly, they were not having conversations that helped them feel more connected. And so whenever she had a a challenge or a struggle or felt alone, sometimes he reacted in anger and it didn't go well. And she just got the message through those negative cycles that they got stuck in that he wasn't safe enough to share with. And so she did not want to forgive yet because her intention behind this, so I, I asked her, okay, does it, you don't want to forgive, I understand that, so help me understand that. Help me, help me understand why. And she said, I don't want to forgive him because he's doing good work in some areas. But my fear is that if I forgive him, that he's going to go back into doing the same old things. He's going to go back to the addiction. He's going to take his foot off the gas and not try as hard. And ultimately, I'm going to end up in the same place where I'm going to just get, my heart will break again because he'll go back to the same old patterns. And so I said, I totally get that. And I would feel the same way. And that would be the last thing that I would do then too. If I understood forgiveness as, if, if I thought that the result of me forgiving him would be for him to take his foot off the gas and stop trying, I wouldn't want to forgive either. And so we spent a little bit of time in that session processing that For him, it was not her anger. This was where the miscommunication was, the misunderstanding. For for the husband, her anger was not the motivator for him to try. Her anger wasn't the thing that kept him hooked into the process so that as soon as the anger went away, he would drop and he wouldn't be engaged anymore, then he wouldn't try anymore. It wasn't the anger that was doing it. 
he was able to share that it wasn't the anger, rather, it was the lessons he had learned along the way and the internal change that those lessons created. Some of those lessons being when he learned the depth of the impact of his addiction on his wife, there was a prick in his heart and it softened him. And he learned this is not just affecting me. It's causing so much damage to her. I don't want her to feel that anymore. And because of the impact that that had on him, seeing that she had been so hurt by this, that pricked his heart, it softened his heart, and allowed him to consider and get new tools to deal with the addiction in a different way. Because he had been struggling with the addiction for for most of his life, and the only tool that he learned that he knew how to apply was willpower. And there would be times when he would make progress, and they would go a few days, then a few weeks, but then he would fatigue and get tired and then ultimately would slip. And then he'd lie about it because he didn't want to hurt her, which unintentionally caused even more damage. And he stayed in that cycle for literally years because he didn't know what else to do. So finally, when he sought help, he got new tools. He got a new way of approaching this. And so after he started to get the tools necessary to create change, that was the thing that anchored him into the process was number one, the tools. Number two, seeing the effect that it had on her. And number three, he just felt better not being stuck in the spiral of the addiction. And so her fear, so I think the three core things for her, which I think is common for many people who are in this situation, there are three core elements that make it difficult to forgive. Number one is fear. If he, if I'm afraid, this is what she said, I'm afraid that if I release this and I forgive him, he's not going to take this seriously and he'll just move on. He'll stop being compassionate. He won't really care. If I'm having a bad day, he'll roll his eyes and say, when are we going to get over this? I thought we've already talked about this. Her fear was if she released the, if she were to forgive him, then then he wouldn't, he wouldn't try anymore. And again, there was a part of that of a misunderstanding. It wasn't, she equated forgiveness with trust. So helping her separate those two things out, it made it easier for her to move forward with the forgiveness process because we could then take specific steps and actions to rebuild trust, which is really what her concern was. If there is no trust, if he's not invested, then I'm going to get hurt again. So number one is fear. Number two, hurt. So many people struggle with forgiveness because there's so much unresolved hurt. And unresolved hurt turns into resentment, which is the item number three. Resentment is this idea of like, I'm showing up in the relationship, I'm loving, I'm sacrificing, I'm here for you, and he hasn't been. And so many people have been in that situation where the wife is open and they're trying and they're loving and compassionate and they want to connect, but their husband, when he's stuck in the addiction, number one, is not connected with her. Number two, so often doesn't even have the tools or the capacity early on because he hasn't learned how to do this. And number three, his actions are actively causing her pain. And so it's this like perfect storm of him not being present, him not having the tools to repair, her continuing to give and love and sacrifice and not have that be reciprocal. It creates hurt, which turns into resentment. And so as a result of these three stumbling blocks, this is why it's so hard for people to forgive. So the thing that I really want to emphasize The thing that helped her was to recognize that her anger did not create the change in him. Her anger did not create and wasn't the hook 
that kept him engaged in the process. Rather, it was the lessons that he learned. And so when she understood and heard that from him, she was more able to then start to forgive. Forgiveness doesn't happen in a moment, right? It's, it's a process. But that was a big part of the catalyst to help her start to release the anger when she realized the anger doesn't have, the anger, the, the other thread that I actually wanted to maybe just go into right now, there is a, a purpose for anger. The intention of anger is healthy. Anger is a protective emotion, right? It's fight or flight. So anger is the fight. And the intention so often of anger is to take a stand and to say, this isn't okay. And to require changes to occur. And the anger says, I'm not going to tolerate this pain anymore. I'm not going to tolerate this situation. This isn't working. It's causing damage. It puts up this very clear, it's a very clear signal of this cannot happen anymore. All of those things are healthy. However, when people get stuck in the anger and they use anger as the tool, anger is not the tool. The tool is taking a stand and requiring changes. The tool is making sure that you're in a safe place. You can implement those tools without a sense of anger, without a sense of resentment and hatred. You can implement those tools. And again, those are the things that create changes. Taking a stand, requiring change, pointing out what does and doesn't work, and requiring that actions are taken. You can do that from a place of peace and confidence and certainty. And so my hope as we talk about this is that we start to separate out some of these definitions that often get conflated and categorized in the same place when when truly they're not. And once you can separate out the difference between trust and forgiveness and reconciliation, trust is necessary for reconciliation. Trust is not necessary for forgiveness because forgiveness is the release of anger and resentment. And I hope that as you've heard this example of this particular client, that you can recognize as she did, that she can release the anger and resentment and still have a very high standard for what's necessary in the relationship. She can have a standard for what is and is not okay a standard for what type of communication they want to have, a standard for transparency and honesty, a standard for feelings of love, a standard for the type of intimacy that they want. All of those things are absolutely required and necessary to have a relationship that's healthy. But for her to be able to take a stand, have a standard, require changes, and start to do that from a place of peace, that was this thing that unlocked for her a path forward where she could feel good And at the same time, her and her husband were able to start to work towards reconciliation by having those standards in place and having him take the actions necessary to create an environment of trust and safety within which she can step into or into which she can step. So when she was able to step into that place of he's changing, I see him putting an effort, he's been consistent, he's been honest, he's working on communication. He's trying to get the anger under control. It's like that whole negative cycle of communication we've talked about in previous episodes. As he was doing those things, it created a place for her where she could then start to feel like, okay, maybe I can start to let him back in. Maybe I can start to trust. Maybe we can actually reconcile because of the changes that are occurring. All of which, again, is completely separate from forgiveness. 
And so my hope in sharing this with you is to give you this as a resource so that you can find your way to a place of peace. So you can find your way to a place of confidence and feeling more relaxed and soft. I guess I'm trying to think about other ways to describe what it feels like not to be angry. Anger is a toxin that really genuinely hurts us in every category of our life. And so when you can recognize you can release the anger and still feel safe, you can release the anger that you carry and still not reconcile if the timing is not right. You don't have to jump back into the relationship and say, okay, well, I'm bringing the wall down, so hopefully you don't hurt me this time. That's not what forgiveness is. We want to make sure that reconciliation for couples who are working towards that, that that's an active effort that he's making the steps necessary to change, to create an environment where she can feel safe because her not carrying the anger just promotes her own health. It promotes growth and happiness and peace and reconciliation being a separate component, a separate category is something that couples can work through together so that they can find their way back to each other and feel supported, feel seen, have an atmosphere where each of them feel valued and loved I think those are also components of this process. So as we talk about this again, I encourage you, wherever you are in your process, to start to consider maybe some of the ways that how maybe some of the ways that you've understood forgiveness as a stumbling block and how you can start to work towards finding a sense of freedom within yourself and separating out forgiveness and reconciliation and how you want to move forward with each of those elements, knowing that it's possible for you to be at peace and still have high standards for the relationship that are necessary in order for you to reconcile. So I hope this is helpful as you go through this. Again, I know this is a really difficult process, but this is one element that can make it significantly easier because of how you feel and the energy that you're bringing into your life, energy that you're bringing into conversations and your relationships. This just empowers us so that we can actually take steps that are necessary for the change in the relationship. Okay, I hope that was helpful. And for any of the men who are listening, I want to invite you to join if you're looking for some extra support and tools and help implementing these uh, tools and strategies so you can fully overcome pornography so that it doesn't have to follow you around anymore. Go ahead and go to uh, www.facebook.com groups slash tools to quit. And the link is going to be here in the show notes as well. So I look forward to watching you guys make progress and really overcome this addiction, get this problem out of your life, restore your relationship so you can actually move forward and leave all of this behind you in a way that there's actually closure.